Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and uh, joining me uh, for a Monday wrap-up of a great weekend of sports is Jason Cameron. Uh, really looking forward to this tonight, man. Uh, I was able to put a lot of time in, all, a lot of stuff going on this weekend, and uh, this should be a really, really fun episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff that happened over the course of the weekend, and I actually had a very good weekend as well, on top nice. of all of that. So I'm looking to dig in. So shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I think the biggest uh, news of the entire weekend, though, was uh, a goat that had uh, said he was done. He was heading off to pasture, uh, has decided to... Uh, Come back after 40 days retired. Um, he said, I've got uh, this many records, but I'll set another record for the shortest retirement in NFL history. And I'll uh, decide to come back and go after an eighth Super Bowl ring. Uh, Tom Brady is back. Um, are you happy as I am? My eyes started twitching. My eyes started twitching. Like it was like, and I was just like, Oh, my goodness. Okay. So what I thought was going to happen was I thought he was going to go home, take care of his family, love his children. But instead, what Tom said is like, no, my first love is football. <laughs> no, nah, not my family. So I'm going to go back to my first love. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was literally chased out by his wife. Or his wife was like, I'm kind of busy. I got my own job to do. I'll talk to you later. And the kids are like, we're kind of old, Dad. We're good. We'll see you. And it's just like, oh. now, So I'm at home alone. Nobody's around. Okay, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to go back and play football. And I, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't foresee that happening. So. No, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely talked about uh, the main reason being family and uh, finally getting an opportunity to be with them on a, a daily basis. And uh, yeah, after 40 days, had enough. That's it. Well, that was good. Thanks. I was the dad for uh, full time dad, 40 days. <laughs> That's more than enough. What did they say? Uh, Noah built the ark in 40 days, 40 nights. And they gathered all the animals together. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. It was bizarre. It was shocking. I actually thought it would take. Uh, I didn't think he would be. He would be this next generation of Brett Favre. You remember how many times Brett Favre uh, retired and came back and started and came back? He kind of he kind of uh, tarnished his legacy at the end. Do you think? Do you think this could? Um, you know, tarnish uh, Tom Brady's legacy whatsoever? Uh, unfortunately, I, I kind of missed what you just said there. Um, <laughs> do, do you think you could just uh, give me the cliff notes of what you just said? Well, do you, do you think, um, you know, we saw Brett Favre do this, retire and unretire many times, and it seemed like he tarnished his, his legacy a bit. Uh, do you think Tom Brady has any risk of tarnishing his legacy? Oh, well, you know what? Uh, I would say this. That I, I don't believe that uh, Tom Brady's skills 
have diminished at any point in time. Like I, I think his, his his skills are still top notch. Obviously, he was in the MVP conversation last year, and there's nothing to say that he won't be in the MVP conversation this year again. So, uh, you know, like he, he basically comes back and he, he he probably has a mindset of, well, you know what? I was slighted. I should have won the MVP last year. So I'll make sure this year that I win, okay. that, I, that, I, that, I, that I get that award and everything else. And also, too, to make sure that he puts every record that he has uh, just a little bit more out of reach, um, out just of reach. to really cement the fact that he's the GOAT and he's the greatest. Yeah. A lot of people really disliked him in New England. Uh, you know, they, he just won all the time, uh, seemed a bit arrogant. Uh, a lot of people really, you know, hated on him. He went to Tampa Bay and he seemed to, um, you know, just get rid of a lot of the haters. A lot of people said, wow, impressive that he's doing so well at such an age. Went somewhere and was able to win a title without Belichick and the rest of the Patriots organization. And he seemed to really go out on such a high. Uh, do you think a lot of haters are going to come back into his life now uh, that he's decided to do this again. <laughs> How much did you hear there? How much did you hear there? Oh, uh, I heard. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I heard Belichick. Okay. That's about it. I oh, heard man. Belichick. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, we're having those technic technical problems again. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, what the weather's not uh, coordinating or helping us out here. Cool. No so, cooperation. No. Yeah. No. Um, do you think? Do you think uh, after sort of his most of his career, he's been pretty hated, man, by a lot of people that hated that he kept winning against their franchises or organization favorite teams he went to tampa and seemed like a lot of people sort of just said oh well i really like him now he's old he's doing well he's in a new organization and did great uh do you think the haters are going to come back now that he uh you know has come back and and has the ability to beat a lot of their teams It's frozen again, eh? Wow. Huh. Well, what should we do here? What should we do? You're not catching oh. anything I'm saying, so it's kind of pointless. Uh, I, yeah. Hmm. I unfortunately didn't catch. Yeah. I didn't catch any of that. Jeez, yeah. <sighs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to do. Um, hmm. yeah, I don't know if I can, uh, hardwire directly uh -huh. in. I'm going to pause this for a second here. I'm going to pause it. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. Uh, we have a great weekend of sports to break down tonight. Uh, it's a Monday. So as always, our favorite guest, Jason Cameron, is joining us. Uh, 
Hey, buddy. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, lots of fun sports to break down, and I'm sure lots of other things that you got into. How you? Uh, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. I had a fantastic weekend. I am looking forward to digging in on the sports. Uh, uh, the recap from this weekend, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Nice. Lots of stuff going on. A lot of NFL stuff. So. Shall we begin? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, biggest story of the weekend. Uh, the goat left the farm and he's made it back to the NFL. Tom Brady decided uh, he's had enough of retirement. Uh, doesn't want to golf. Doesn't want to hang out in Florida. Wants no part of his family. Wants to just play football for the rest of his life. So he's back. What do you think? This is what I think. Why must he torture me? Why must he keep just, just thumbing his nose at me? I was happy. I was in a good place, a real good place where I was just like, I go to bed and I was like, no more Tom Brady. Oh my goodness. Oh, this just feels so good. Feels so like I had great sleeps. And now I now I don't have great sleeps. Now I, I have to endure this man to say, as he is probably coming back with a vengeance because he probably feels slighted that he didn't win the MVP. So now <laughs> he's coming back saying, I guess I got still got stuff to prove. No, Tom, you've got nothing left to prove. But in his mind, he's just like, well, going to have to win an eighth. Got to really put it away. I got to really salt this away. I got to show people that, yep, yeah, I'm the GOAT. I'm the best. And every record that I have, I'm just going to put that much farther out of reach. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, torturing all the people that he has for the last 22 years. This will be his 23rd season coming up. Uh, <laughs> I I imagine that Bruce Arians was doing a dance when he heard that. Uh, do you think most of the uh, Patriots were doing quite the uh, celebration dance? Well, I, I think a lot of the Patriots are just like, oh, oh, would you look at that. He, he, he came back. He came back. And also, too, here's the thing that people forget. It's like, well, okay, so he's back, but how long is he back for? Like, is he, is he just going to retire again? Or is he going to terrorize the league for a couple more years? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it might just not, this might not just be one year. It might be, a couple years of, of, of Tom Brady terror. I'm, I'm going to call it Brady terror. It's yeah. insane. It's unbelievable. Uh, he has every record. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think that it might set the record for the shortest retirement ever, but uh, man, he, he just wants the record book to com be, be completely his own. Um, but he, he definitely seemed to shut up a lot of the haters when he went to Tampa Bay, uh, a lot of people started forgiving him, saying, you know, he's an old man. He's still doing well. He's uh, not in the Patriots organization anymore, and he's doing pretty good in Tampa Bay. And uh, I, I actually heard people that didn't like him actually turn to start liking him. But do you think he has the runs the risk of getting all those haters back and a lot of people really uh, not enjoying him unretiring? Well, you know what? Like, 
How about I, I'm going to say it like this. I think fans of Tom Brady are always going to love the fact that Tom Brady is playing the game. Fans that are not Tom Brady fans, like myself, because of what he did to the Atlanta Falcons, I still can't forgive him, and I never will, are just like, he's terrorizing me. He's, he's terrorized me for years, for his whole career. Um, and now that when I thought, I thought he was not, he's going to hang him up, going to hang up his golden, his golden cleats and never come back to the sport. But then he lied to me. He lied to all of us. He lied to all of us that he, you know, we're, here I am. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for his retirement. You know, like I cracked the beer too. I was just like, yeah, yeah, here you go, Tom. Happy trails, buddy. And then, and then I had to take it all back. So you're going to have people on both extremes, on both sides of the fence. People are going to be happy and people are going to be super pissed. And uh, as for myself, I'm on the side is not happy. I am not happy that Tom Brady has come back. I, 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 I wish he hadn't have come back, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's his choice. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it was definitely um, was the biggest story of the weekend uh, with all the sports going on. He was, uh, you know, he, he decided this was the time. Uh, it was kind of smart timing on his part uh, because today is the official start of the next season and uh, free agent frenzy today. Uh, so many deals handed out. I think uh, we're looking at close to a billion dollars that was handed out today to free agents around the league, uh, guys that uh, will sign with their initial teams and guys that are signing elsewhere. Um, I just can't believe how many moves were made today and, and the money that was thrown out. It's just getting unbelievable these days. Yeah. It, it, how about this? It, it's uh it's a reflection of where the league is at, that it's that it's probably it's most profitable that it's ever been. Uh, the revenue that it's uh, continues to keep taking in is, well, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's astronomical. Yeah. And the fact that the players are beginning to benefit from that, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. True. Everybody's making money. So that's that that's good. I, I think that's I think that's great to see. And it's great to see that these guys are able to make sure that they have a significant nest egg once they finish playing the sport. Yeah. When I saw early uh, the first free agent uh, dealings that were coming across, it seemed like it was all linemen. And then uh, some of the other bigger names started going. Uh, I think the biggest contract handed out today was to JC Jackson. He leaves the Patriots, goes to the Chargers. The cornerback gets five years, $82.5 million. Uh, huge, huge deal for the Chargers. Oh, no, that, that's a fantastic deal for J.C. Jackson. And the fact that the Chargers pick up a stud of a, a defensive back, so something that they desperately needed. So um, is he worth that much money? Nah, well, the Chargers think so. So I think that's good enough. That's good yeah. enough. And yeah. uh, I, he's definitely going to help them in the future and for the next season coming up. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, re-signed with the Vikings, one year, thirty-five million. Uh, big deal there. 
Um, one of the other big deals that happened today was Christian Kirk left the Cardinals and went to the Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars have been just an absolute mess of an organization recently, but their new regime has made a ton of deals today. Uh, Christian Kirk gets four years, $72 million, uh, and a chance to make it $84 million with incentives. So a uh, massive deal for Christian Kirk, uh, who has been pretty good in, in Arizona, but uh, I didn't see this kind of money coming his way. I guess uh, the Jags are thinking to themselves, we're going to have to overpay for people to come to our team because we're not good. We're not good at all. We, <laughs> we, we are, quote unquote, horrible. So to get people to come over, they're going to have to pay a little bit more than the premium to make sure that these uh, players play on their team. Yeah. Another, another uh, receiver signed there yeah. today, Zay Jones, left the Raiders. Uh, three years, $30 million. Um, they also signed uh, some linemen there, Brendan Scherf. Uh, that was a huge deal, leaving Washington going there. Uh, Foley, Fodukasi, and uh, Foley Olaquan. Uh, three years, $45 million for both those guys. Uh, you're right, uh, the Jags are having to overpay. Uh, but uh, good to see. Trent Baalke, uh, the GM there, making a ton of deals. I think Doug Peterson is going to make a world of difference there. Uh, you know, I, I thought he did an amazing job in Philly before the end came, uh, won them a Super Bowl title. And and uh, Trevor Lawrence, they're building around him. Uh, I think they're overpaying for sure, but, um, you know, I think they needed to do some big moves, splash moves to try to become relevant. Well, yeah, like they, they definitely needed to make big moves because like all you had to do is look at last season. Not good. Not good. They, they were just were they were not good. And if you want to make a move, if you want to be relevant in the NFL, well, you got to make moves. And regardless, if you have to overpay, you still have to make moves if you want like a winning franchise and then winning garners other players to want to play for your franchise so but first first things first got to win first and if you don't win then you you then you run the risk of uh being irrelevant or being in that detroit Lions cellar of irrelevancy yeah forever yeah no kidding yeah uh miami uh also made some uh, big moves today. Uh, they they re-signed their defensive lineman, the edge rusher, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, four years, $65 million. Uh, there's a bunch more moves they made. I'll talk about in a few minutes. But um, yeah, I mean, just looking through this free agent tracker, it's incredible. Uh, Devondre Campbell uh, re-upped with the Packers, five years, $50 million. Lakin Tomlinson went from the Niners to the Jets, three years, 40 million. Hassan Reddick went from Carolina to Philly, three years, 45. Quandre Diggs re-signed with the Seahawks, three years, 40 million. Ryan Jensen re-signed with the, Tampa, the, the Bucks, 
three years, 39 million. Um, who else? Austin Corbett went from the Rams to the Panthers, three years, 30 million. Uh, Joe Noteboom uh, re-signed with the Rams, three years, 40 million. Alex Kappa uh, addressed the need for the Bengals, went from the Bucks to the Bengals. Uh, the, their center there, four years, $40 million to protect Joe Burrow. Zach Ertz got a big deal uh, with Carol, uh, with uh, the Cardinals, re-signed there, three years, $32 million. Brian Allen, uh, Rams, re-signed, three years, $24 million. Michael Gallup, five years, $62.5 million with the Cowboys. Um, CJ Uzama left the Bengals, went to the Jets, three years, $24 million. Um, yeah, just crazy, man. So many deals today, just on and on and on and on. I could probably talk for the next half an hour to hour about uh, so many deals. Uh, oh, Mitchell Trubisky, that was a big deal. Uh, left Buffalo. Uh, obviously, started his career with Chicago. Uh, went to Buffalo last year to back up Josh Allen. Is the number one quarterback now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, pretty low salary for the Steelers. Two years, $14.25 million uh, to, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> get that franchise going after the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, what else? James Conner re-signed three years, $21 million with the Cardinals. Evan Engram left the Giants, went to the Jags. One year, nine million. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater left the Broncos, went to the Dolphins. BJ Hill re-signed with the Bengals, three years, thirty million. Braxton Berrios uh, re-signed with the Jets, two years, twelve million. Uh, yeah, just crazy money, man. Crazy money. It's uh, uh, NFL is uh, up to two hundred eight million dollars with their salary cap this year. And uh, a lot of restructuring deals to try to fit those top-end guys in and defer that money on and on and on and on. Uh, it's, uh, it must be incredible to be a capologist in the NFL and try to figure out how to get these 50 guys uh, into your salary cap. And, and uh, yeah, the money that's been thrown out today has, has just blown my mind. It does boggle the mind because you're just like, it's just – it's so much money. It, it's just, it's just so much money, but at the same time, it's money that these guys deserve. Yeah. They burned that. Yeah. They burned all of this one. So, you know, like when you, when you, you see what they do, you see the, how they put their, their body on the line. And sometimes, unfortunately, you see some of the injuries that they suffer. Yeah. This is money that they deserve. And it's great to see that the league has been doing so well. And it's never been stronger because of, let's say, the last run of playoff games that we just watched were exceptional. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, one note I want to make, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence re-signed defensive end of the Cowboys. Three years, $40 million, $30 million guaranteed. He's the first defensive end in NFL history to have seven straight seasons of guaranteed money. Um, yeah, setting a historic amount. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing so much guaranteed money too these days. Uh, you know, most of the contracts, the guy's getting about 40 million, 30 million guaranteed. Um, that's unprecedented as well. It, it, it's just not something that they've done. Uh, another 
Another big thing uh, was that Devontae Adams um, was franchise tagged the other day, uh, Thursday, and um, he has said he will not play under the franchise tag no matter what, uh, wants to renegotiate his contract. And uh, he ended his contract uh, last year, 58 million, four years. Uh, once a significant upgrade was third in yardage last year with 1,553 uh, yards and uh, fifth in touchdowns with 11. Uh, probably the top three receiver in the NFL. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the Packers got to restructure some money because of that $200 million contract they gave to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Devontae Adams is probably going to get somewhere close to $30 million a year now. Yeah, and he deserves that. And also, too, they go, they bent over backwards to make Rodgers feel good, feel welcome, feel whatever the heck Rodgers needs. And they paid him. So, on top of all of that, Rodgers needs Devontae Adams to be successful. They need each other to be yeah. successful. So, if his top receiver is kind of, I don't know, ticked off at the team, not good. Not no. good. Because if he's ticked off, that means you're ticking off like Rodgers, who you just put into a good spot. Crazy. You yeah. put him in a good place. Yeah. Really bad if you tick him off now. Yeah. So I think that might be a deal that's done. That would be insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. So bizarre. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, crazy day. I'm sure there'll be many crazy days ahead with the NFL. We'll, they'll see uh, all these teams shape up and get together. Uh, I want to talk about the UFC. They had a event this past weekend in Vegas, USC Vegas 50. Uh, but I do want to mention, uh, I'm watching the Lakers Raptors game. Uh, the score is 19 to two right now for the Raptors uh, halfway through the first quarter, 19 to two. So nice start for our Toronto Raptors. Great start for our Raptors. Uh a quick question though: Is LeBron playing, or is he is he taking a day off? No, he's playing actually tonight. Yeah, yeah he was in the starting okay. lineup. I saw. Yeah, so. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. there he well, is. Yeah, he's on the court. Him and Russ are on <laughs> out there right now. Yeah, it's bizarre. Nineteen to two. What a beginning. Uh, I did. I did watch uh, some of the early earlier action in Cleveland. Unfortunately, won in overtime against the Clippers. Uh, Toronto's uh, started the night one game behind Cleveland for that sixth spot, which is highly coveted because you don't have to play those play-in games uh, if you're top six and you're slotted in to play the, the three seed. But, um, yeah, with Cleveland winning, Toronto looks uh, like they've started off as well as you possibly could. Yeah, yeah, Toronto hopefully – can track down Cleveland and get into that sixth spot, but it, it's going to be hard because my goodness is the East. Uh, is there a lot of parody in the East? Yeah, it's close. It's, it's close with like all the like the top six teams besides number one. Um, it's it's so incredibly close. All the teams, yeah. those teams seem to be almost peaking at the same time, and it, it is weird to see. But uh, it, it's going to be a race right down to the finish. 
out of all the playoff games from the West to the East, I'm definitely more interested in the East because because it just seems that the uh, the skill level is very close this year, yeah. very close between all the teams. Yeah, there's just a three game difference between second and sixth, so um, yeah, it's quite the jumble there. Uh, you know, any team could fall or could move up in the standings with a win or two. So, yeah, it's uh, it's tight, and I, I can't wait to break that down with you. But let's talk about the UFC. Uh, we had a another great event coming from Vegas. Uh, the main event didn't live up to its billing for the second week in a row. Uh, we had Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, a uh, really disappointing uh, main event last weekend. And uh, this weekend's main event really was quite boring. Um, these guys were just way too cautious with each other. And uh, even though Tiago Santos seemed like he must have known he was going to lose, he still never really pulled the trigger and uh yeah i just i just left feeling very disappointed yeah i agree with you completely wholeheartedly it was very cautious fight and i understand why it was a cautious fight because both men were very um cautious of each other because they both knew they had the power to knock each other out yeah sometimes fights like that happen sometimes fights like that very much happen where it's just like okay I can't throw combos because I don't want to be countered. So I'll pot shot and I'll throw one punch at a time. And it was only when Santos kind of exploded with combos is when he threw combos. And then after that, he went immediately on the defensive. Ankalev kind of did the same thing. I did notice that Ankalev definitely uh, controlled the center of the octagon for the majority of that fight. And also, too, his gas tank, a lot better than Santos's. Santos definitely started to fade in the fourth and fifth round. Yeah. I haven't been too impressed with Santos uh, since uh, his John Jones fight. Uh, I thought he actually beat John Jones a few years ago when he got that title shot. Um, But he's been, yeah, lackluster in many performances. And uh, he has so much power. Uh, He just doesn't seem to pull the trigger. Uh, He was on his back foot almost the entire fight here. And he just... When he ever he lands something, he doesn't follow it up with uh, major combinations and and tries to put the pressure on. Uh, he he just let Megamedov um, really just dictate dictate the pace of this fight. Yes, he absolutely did. He let him dictate the pace of this fight, and also too, like I said, he 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 allowed him to stake out his territory, so to speak, in the in the octagon. So. He, he basically had to skip to his tomb because he was always skirting around the edge of the octagon. And I think sometimes when you do that, um, it seems that the guy that actually controls the center controls the pace of the fight. Yeah. And that's what it seemed like with Anika Um, So he's lost four out of his last five. His only victory was against uh, Johnny Walker by decision. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel like uh, he should be dropping in the rankings a lot farther. He came in ranked number five. Uh, but he lost to Jones in that fight I talked about, split decision. Then he lost to Glover, who's the champion now, uh, Alexander Rakic, and now Ankalev. Uh, I don't know where he goes from here. Um, what? Uh, yeah, what's what's next for Santos, where he's really just let people down uh, four out of his last five? Yeah. 
Well, I, I think he's definitely going to drop in the rankings, if not like right out of the top 10, possibly. Because as you just mentioned, he's lost uh, four out of his last five. And uh, he's going to have a long ways to go to try to climb up back to uh, contention or threatening for the bell. Um, right now, he is definitely not in those talks. But Ankalev, as long as he keeps climbing the ranks, he definitely is in the talk uh, for uh, challenging for the belt. Yeah. Uh, you know my feelings about Russian athletes right now, Russian people <clears throat> in general, really upset with them uh, for this uh, invasion of Ukraine that's, um, you know, highly wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, you know, Russia get Russians getting any opportunities. So uh, he asked for a title shot. Don't think he deserves it. Don't uh, don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, Teixeira is supposed to fight Yuri Perhashka next. Um, possibly, I've heard Anthony Lionheart-Smith as an opponent for Ankalev, uh, or maybe um, Volkan Ozdemir, uh, and Alexander Rakic is, is up there as well. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think uh, Russians really deserve title shots right now. Uh, I would rather see him, uh, you know, be put on the shelf for a while. And if he's fighting anybody, I think uh, it should be Lionheart Smith. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you on that. I think if he does fight anybody, I think uh, Lionheart would be uh, the correct choice. Um, because I, I personally, I still think that Ankalev is still two fights away from even challenging if he were to be considered. I don't think he's anywhere close right at this point in time. I still think it's two more fights before you can seriously consider him challenging for the belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we had the co-main event, uh, Song Yudong against Marlon Marais. And uh, I feel like uh, Song Yudong at 24 years old is an amazing prospect. I think in that bantamweight division, look out, uh, he's coming. Uh, but I think Marlon Marais uh, is uh, on his way out. Uh, he might be out of a UFC contract. Uh, he has lost four in a row by knockout. Five of his last six uh, has been KO'd really badly in many of these fights. Um, he lost a song. He lost to Merab Devashvili, Rob Font, and Corey Sanhagen. Uh, Henry Cejudo, his only win it was against Jose Aldo, and you you watch that fight. Anybody that's watching or listening, watch that fight. Jose Aldo won that fight, so he should have really honestly have lost uh, six in a row. Uh, I think Marlon Marais, it might be time to hang him up. Uh, might be time to find something else uh, to do as, as your career. Yeah, especially when you start seeing uh, a fighter getting knocked out over and over and over again for multiple fights, not good, not good. Um, it means that his chin may be gone. Uh, he can't just take a punch like he used to. And uh, you're right. There's been some knockouts that Marais has suffered that have been not good, not no. good, not the good kind of knockout. No, uh, but I will. No. I got to credit Song Yadong. He looked fantastic. He threw a three punch combo. That are finally KO'd Marais, finishing with a right uppercut. Beautifully thrown, great punch, great power by Yudong. That's the one thing I've always been impressed with the young man. His 
He's got great power yeah. and a fantastic win for Yudong. And I do agree with you. I believe Marais's time is over. I, I think he should seriously consider retirement before he actually does damage that is uh, irreversible. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, some bad knockouts, some bad losses. And, you know, most times I'm not asking for guys to retire, but when I'm seeing constant um, guys getting knocked out in, in horrifically bad fashion, uh, on and on and on, it starts making me, uh, yeah, concerned for his well-being and his health. Um, speaking of getting out of the octagon and being done with their career, uh, Greg Hardy released a statement and said, uh, thank you to the USC for the, my opportunity, but it looks like uh, Greg Hardy is finished with the USC for, for, now, for now, at least. Yeah, we kind of saw the writing on the wall there. Um, uh, the one thing that was his weakness was grappling, and it didn't seem like he was ever going to get better at that. Uh, you, as long as you can take that guy down, you're going to win the fight. And that was his Achilles heel. That's something that he's always known. And he just was never able to address that part of his game. So, yeah, he got knocked out in his last three fights, uh, finished with a four and five record in the UFC. Uh, he also had uh, one no contest. Uh, he was disqualified once for an illegal strike and the no contest because he used an inhaler between rounds. Um, he, had an NFL career that was derailed, uh, now has a UFC career that uh, is gone. Don't know if he'll go to the regional circuit and, and try to work his way back up. But uh, as for now, uh, goodbye, Greg Hardy. Uh, welcome to other heavyweights getting an opportunity on the big show. Um, yeah, let's continue on with this card. Uh, I was really looking forward to this featherweight Battle between Sadiq Youssef and Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres. Uh, Caceres came in on a five-fight winning streak. Youssef is uh, tough as always. And, um, yeah, Youssef ended up ending that five-fight win streak. His calf kicks were, uh, you know, really, really key and relentless in this one. And uh, I think were the main reason why he carved out a victory. Yeah, he knew how to approach this fight, which is take away uh, Caceres' movement. And so he kicked his legs and kicked his legs and kicked his legs and kicked his legs out from under him a number of times yeah. throughout the course of this fight. Um, and then you could tell definitely going into second and most certainly the third that his uh, movement was definitely being compromised, Caceres. He was not able to do the same things he was able to do in the first round. Yeah. And that's because Yusef is dedicated to those leg kicks and they were powerful. They were strong and they did the job that he needed it to do, which was limit his movement, uh, which was, which ended up giving him the win. Yeah. And uh, Caceres has such good movement is so awkward of style that, you know, that's a key for him to win fights. And uh, yeah, he definitely chopped that tree down over and over and over and was able to pull out the win. Um I see that Yusef uh, called out Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I love this fight. Uh, be great if they make that happen. I love the call out. The call out was great because I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. I like, I, I like that. I like the matchup. I like the call out. I hope that uh, the matchmakers make that happen because I think that's a match made in heaven. Yeah. 
Uh, I did forget to mention that that Song Yadong called out Dominic Cruz. Uh, he belongs to Team Alpha Male, Uriah Favors camp, and they've had a really long running fuse with a uh, feud with Dominic Cruz. And uh, good to see him uh, call out him. I don't know if Dominic Cruz is uh, quite there. I think he wants to fight up, not down. Where where Song is at this moment, but um, yeah, good on him to make that call out. Yeah, no, that was that was a great call out. I loved it. Up, that's a fight that could possibly happen when Song Yudong is able to crack the top ten. Yeah, I think he still has a ways to climb before he can actually get that fight. I've I've heard a couple of things uh, this weekend. Uh, maybe Ricky Simone, Pedro Munoz, or Mirab Devashvili for Song Yudong. Uh, we'll see what gets put together. Uh, if Yusef doesn't get what he wants with Bryce Mitchell, I've heard rumors of Hakeem Dawadu, the Canadian, Shane Burgos, and Mavsar Evloev. Um, and then possibly I've heard Caceres might be up against Cub Swanson his next bout. So um, fights to look forward to. I uh, think that would be uh, really fun. Yeah. Love, love watching Cub fights. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I love watching Cub fight too. Uh, that. That would be intriguing. Actually, I I actually hope that they make that fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Cub Swats and Caceres fight. I, I really like that fight. So that hopefully they a, make that one. That'd that would be awesome. Yeah, I really hope so too. Uh, okay, we had a light heavyweight battle here. Uh, two really great fighters, but um, Khalil Roundtree uh, really uh, was one of the shining stars on this card. And um, I just want you to give me one word to describe Khalil Roundtree. What, you, what would be the word you would come to mind? Explosive. Okay. Nuclear bomb. Nuclear. Actually, nuclear. That's it. Nuclear. Because what he did in the second round was go absolutely nuclear. I have never... <laughs> It's very rare to see a fighter just go, that's it. I've detonated. And he detonated in violence. Yeah. Extreme, unequivocal violence. <laughs> it was terrifying to see. Was. I was actually quite scared. I thought, oh, my goodness, Carl Roberson, your life, your life is in danger. <laughs> You're literally, your life is in danger right now. It was Wow, I, I was I was super impressed. What what Roundtree did in this fight is what I wanted to see in the Santos Ankale fight. Yeah, me too. That's what Roundtree did in this fight, exactly. where he just decided, you know what, this fight's over, and I'm going to make sure I'm going to put a stamp on it. Yeah, awesome win. Uh, the two words Great that win. came that I actually thought of two words with Roundtree. I thought of terrifying and violent. Those were the two words that jumped out at me. But uh, after the fight, uh, he had a, a great exchange with Paul Felder. And then post, post-fight, post he sat down and talked to the reporters. And now my word for Khalil Roundtree is emotional. Emotional is the word for Khalil Roundtree now. And I want to show a clip. I, I want to show a couple clips of Khalil Roundtree and uh, let's get your opinion once uh, once we finish that. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna share 
some uh, post-fight talk with Khalil Roundtree, okay? Okay. Okay. Can you hear me, Jason? Yes, I can. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, the end comes go. officially. 25 seconds. Round number two. Referee Herb Dean stops this fight for your winner by TKO. Khalil Roundtree Jr. I'm here with the winner, Khalil Roundtree. First of all, Khalil, congratulations on a dominant finish there. There is a focus to you this week, even in the fighter meetings, and that it translated to the cage tonight. What was behind that? You know what, Paul? I got to say one thing, man. This month, it marks 12 years that I've been fighting MMA. Man, I want to, I don't want to wait until I'm a champion to be able to tell my story on where I come from being a 300 pound kid on the brink of suicide, burdened by depression, not knowing what to do in my life, not knowing where to go. And I just want to be able to share that and like, and really like inspire people, the millions of people out there that feel just like I do, that don't have a dream, that don't know what they're doing, that just need something. I want to be able to share my story with these type of people because maybe those are some lives that I can change. So when I come in here, man, that's my focus, Paul. I want to be able to, to tell a story with my life, not just come in here and fight. Yes, this, is, this has made me who I am today, but man, I want to do something big. And without, if I want to take on the world in that way, I got to have focus, man. Are you so... That uh, that was right from the heart. That was an emotional moment. Uh, I have rarely seen tears in your eyes when anything invo not involving food happens. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think you know that made me emotional. Uh, I think tears were probably in your eyes hearing him uh, be so emotional about uh yeah about his journey where he's come from and where he is now he gained fan once he let out his true feelings there he gained me as a fan i, I became a real fan of khalil roundtree after he said something like that it was powerful it was from the heart and it was uh it it was it was meaningful it was impactful uh he, this is a man that wants to make a difference not just with his fighting, not just with his fans or anything else. He wants to make a real difference for people that are suffering from depression. Yeah. And because he already went through it. And also, too, to say that there are things that a person can glam onto as a life preserver, as a lifeboat. These are the things that, you, that people need to find for themselves so that they can find purpose in their life. And Khalil Roundtree was one of those lucky few that found that purpose. And now he's able to express that and share that with others that need to find purpose in their life. And I couldn't be happier about the message that he had because it's so, so powerful. Such yeah. a powerful message. Amazing. Yeah, I was very impressed. And uh, I want to share a little bit of his commentary uh, with the media afterwards as well. Um, more emotions poured out and uh, he had a really great message to, to share and, uh, I, I enjoyed it too. Um, this, this was after 
uh, in the post-fight press conference, uh, him being asked a question about uh, what he wants, uh, what he wants uh, people to see when they they see him. Hey, hello, <clears throat> Alex. What's up? Um, I just have one, one one question for you, man. Um, for the next Khalil that's maybe sitting on his couch right now, a little bit overweight. Um, what's your message to him? Hmm. It might sound a bit cliche or we've heard this before, but like your life matters. Your life matters. You can be special. You can be strong. You can be seen. You can be heard. Life is beautiful. If you make it that way, it doesn't have to be how everybody else makes it seem. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around another day. I would have a lot of, a lot of things like that to say, man. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I was really touched by, by him. Um, yeah. Uh, look more into his story. Uh, he lost his father at a young age. Uh, he was murdered and, um, he had a, had a tough go of it as many, um, many guys in the sport do. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how low he was to um, the heights that he's been able to reach. And uh, I'm glad that he wants to get his message out there before he is the champ. Um, he re reiterated something that I've been saying for a really long time is that uh, these guys are, are human beings with real lives that, you know, real struggles. And, you know, we, we should know more about their life story and, and uh, one thing that he said meant a lot to me is that um, he said, hey, nobody's talking to Carl Robertson today, tonight. Um, they don't want to talk to you after you lose. And he said, you know, luckily I won tonight so I could spread this story. But, you know, there's I think, you know, if a guy loses and he wants to talk and he wants to spread his his word and, and tell you about his life story, um, I think we should have these guys have that option to come in and, and talk to the guys post post fight in the octagon and after. And uh, I think uh, a lot of that gets lost, you know, as soon as a guy loses, he's just shoved aside nobody wants to talk to him. Nobody wants to know more about him. And, and uh, you know, we hear Khalil, he could have easily been on the wrong side of that. And we wouldn't have 
heard his story tonight and you know all these fans that are his now uh might not be there today yeah absolutely he makes a very valid point that like even though in a loss that doesn't mean that you know that that fighter that lost that battle for that particular night has lost in life yeah. right and i think that's what he's also trying to say it's like you may lose today hell you may lose tomorrow but you're not always going to continue to lose there will be times when you win. That means also too reflects back to it may be dark now, but there's always going to be light at the end of that tunnel. Always. Yeah. You may not be able to see it, but it is there, which is, and that light is hope. Yeah. You can't, you can never forget that. There's always hope. Yeah. Always I, thought, hope. I thought it was great. It was a great message. And yeah, I became a huge fan of his Oh, already really, you know, respected him and liked him but you know he's he's moved up many 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 notches in you know in in the world and uh yeah i i'm a big champion for khalil roundtree now and uh, only want the best for him going forward and i think he will he will um you know make an impact on a lot of young guys lives that uh aren't really sure you know where where life's taking them but um yeah if they can get a focus and you know get a passion uh i think uh, better days are ahead yeah yeah i i absolutely agree with you i think uh you know as because all you got to do is look at that guy you just think to yourself it's just it's just he's, he's basically violence manifested into a human form but he's a, a, actually a heck of a lot more than just that yeah and he just proved that with his comments after the fight and then also too that just means that guess what? All the fighters are more than what they seem to be as they entertain us with the fights. They all have their own stories. And I hope that more of their stories are being shared with us and we get the opportunity to learn more about these guys as we go through. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, talk about the fight right before that one. A lightweight battle between Terrence T-Rex McKinney and Drew Dober. <laughs> Uh, T-Rex was coming in uh, short notice. Uh, I think he got about 10 days notice for this one. He, he fought Ferez Zayam uh, February 26th, so only a couple weeks back, and uh, was brought in as a, as a late replacement. Uh, he tried to get Drew Dober out of there quick, uh, swarmed him, got Dober in trouble, but uh, Dober proved how tough he is and turned it around and got the knockout at 317 of the first round. Uh, this was a hell of a comeback for Dober and a really, really fun fight to watch. It was a super fun fight to watch because as I'm watching the fight, I'm like, there is no way that Dober wins this fight. Like, but Kenny was hitting him with everything. And the kitchen sink. I think there was a kitchen sink thrown in the octagon. He hit him with that too as well. But at the end of the day, Dober showed extreme resilience and toughness and endurance to the point that I thought it was a little bit superhuman. I, You know, you look at McKenney and you think to yourself, this guy doesn't look that powerful. No, he's got extreme power with everything he throws. And Dober definitely backed that up with what he said post-fight, which was, yeah, that guy hits hard. He hits really, really, really hard. So I, I give Dober all the credit in the world because he just showed that's what a UFC bet can do. 
That's what an extremely tough UFC vet can do. He yeah. weathered the storm, hit McKinney finally with the left knee that dropped him, ground and pound finish. Excellent win by Drew Dover. Excellent. And actually, I would love to see them run this fight back with McKinney with a full fight camp. Yeah. I'd love to see it again. I'd yeah, me to too. Yeah, again. good call. Yeah. Uh, you, you, uh, did you catch who he called out after this one though? Oh, I know I caught it, but I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm, I cannot remember who he, he called, called out. Bobby King Green. So, um, yes. yeah, that'll be, that would be awesome. That would be phenomenal. And, uh, we remember what Bobby said. He doesn't want any more headline fights. Wants to fight early on cards so he can get out and party. So uh, let's make this happen. Uh, I love it when a guy like Dober has a great comeback like this, makes a call out and gets what he wants. Um, yeah, let's let's do it. This That would be explosive, fun, and awesome to watch. Three great call-outs. Three great call-outs. And I love the fact that Drew Dober called out Bobby Green because I know what Bobby Green is thinking. Deal. Done. He probably got right on the phone to the matchmakers as soon as Dober said it. Do it. Let's do it. Like, yeah. And I think that's going to happen, man. And as as far as Bobby Green's concerned, probably at the beginning of uh, the the next UFC. So it can be the full fight on the main card. I kept looking in the bottom of the screen to see Twitter coming up. You got it. I'm signed on the dotted line. I've already (laughs) called them. Called the matchmakers. Let's do it. I kept looking. I didn't see it, but uh, I think Bobby Green was probably watching and, like you say, making that call immediately. He he'll take on anybody, anytime, anywhere, and uh, that will be fun. Um, the first fight of the main card was a hell of a battle between Alex Pereira and Bruno Silva. Uh, Pereira, longtime kickboxer. Uh, really, really, really came in highly touted and uh, really showed how tough he is, how amazing his kickboxing skills is, are, and uh, got a really, really phenomenal decision win over Bruno Silva. Yeah, yeah. Pereira definitely he used his kickboxing skills to, the, to obviously, to his benefit. Kept, uh, kept uh, Silva at the end of his punches and kicks, used his length to his advantage. Um, but at the same time, I do got to give Silva some credit. He was a dog in there. He, 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 he did uh-huh. his best. He took the strikes to get in close. He got in some hits where he could. Uh, definitely, though, at that third round where Pereira was really putting it on him, I was, again, impressed with Silva's toughness to continue fighting and make it through that round three because a lot of other fighters wouldn't have made it that far. They would not have made it through round three. They would have been defeated. So, but uh, great win for Pereira against a very, very tough opponent in Silva. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very, very two very, very tough guys. He called out uh, Jared Cannonier. I uh, don't really see that happening uh, right away, but uh, uh, might be uh, might get a winner between uh, Kelvin Gastelum and Mazardine Imovov. Or the winner between Uriah Hall and Andre Muniz um, might be able to uh, set that together as a uh, as a great next fight for them. Uh, okay, let's talk about the prelims real brief. We'll, we'll blast through it, but uh, I want to talk about the featured prelim between Matthew 
Semi, the Jedi, Semmelsberger, and AJ Fletcher. Uh, AJ came in part of Dustin Poirier's camp and uh, came in highly touted, making his UFC debut. But uh, Semmelsberger, after not that great of a first round, uh, really, really had a phenomenal last two rounds and, and took the decision win. Uh, two tough guys and uh, really impressed with Fletcher's uh, debut, but uh, uh, Semi the Jedi getting a huge win in this one. Oh, you're, you're frozen. I wonder how long. Yeah, um, <laughs> like you just said. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I can hear you. I can hear oh, you. Okay. I can hear you. Go ahead. Um, okay. So I just wanted to say, I agree with you from the first round, Fletcher dominated Summersberger in the grappling aspect, kept him on the ground, had top position, and it looked not good for Semmelsberger, but Semmelsberger battled back hard for the second and third rounds, was able to reverse position and if Fletcher got position on him. It I you could tell that Salzberger, it was this first off, this was a very, very close fight. Yeah. Amazingly close fight. But Salzberger seemed to me like he wanted it more. He wanted it more, especially in that third round where he was pushing harder than Fletcher. Fletcher will definitely learn from this, but this was a very, very close fight against two very, very strong, skilled individuals. But definitely, I, I thought that Semmelsberger won this fight uh, from the third round because it just seemed like he was pushing harder and wanted it more. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was definitely the, the best fighter, and in my opinion, those those last two rounds, and especially the third round, uh, he was. He was awesome, and um, yeah, it said, okay, boy, I'm glad you're in here, but uh, yeah, I'm a veteran. Uh, I'm going to give you your first L, and uh, you'll have to come back uh, a little stronger next time. So that was good. I was impressed. Um, okay, I mentioned uh, Son Yudong and Khalil Roundtree. Both got 50K, I think. Uh, we had two more 50K bonuses handed out, and those were on the – Early prelims, early, early, early. The very first fight of the night, Azamat Mirzanikov against Tefan Nakuchwi. And, uh, man, look up this Azamat uh, flying knee that got the KO. Holy cow. He hit him with the flying knee and then just shoved him down to the ground and did a walk away. Yeah, you're done. And uh, Cody Brundage beat uh, Dacha Lungangbula. <laughs> got him uh, a really amazing uh, submission and uh, took another 50K there. Um, I was impressed with the Leech. Great submission win by Damon Jackson. Um, uh, anything else that uh, you want to mention uh, on the prelims, early prelims or prelims? Uh, prelims, I just wanted to mention that uh, uh, Basarat, Remains undefeated against his uh, opponent, Trevin Jones. Yeah. I thought that was a very good fight, skilled fight. Jones definitely had the strength advantage in that. But I loved Basarat's movement and his elusiveness. Trevin Jones had a very hard time trying to find the target. There was times where he did, but mm -hmm. a lot of the times, Basarat's movement and his ability just to subtly shift out of the way of strikes definitely was frustrating Jones, I thought. 
Great win by Basarat against a very, very, very tough opponent, Trevor Jones. Yeah, I just love that guy's movement. Love the confidence that he shows. Uh, you know, like you said, he he wasn't overpowering Jones ever because Jones, you know, definitely has the power advantage. But uh, movement and straight, accurate shots really, really took it to him. And uh, yeah, is a big contender in this bantamweight division. Undefeated guy. Uh, I, I'm very impressed with uh, his fighting style and and the way how elusive he is to hit. Yeah, and I'm also impressed by the fact that uh, he doesn't doesn't use wasted movement and or he doesn't waste any energy. He is super relaxed in there in that octagon, and uh, he only springs into action when he's actually doing something, which is striking. So yeah. uh, I look forward to seeing more of his fights and uh, to see just how far he'll climb. So I think he's a very, very, very good fighter. Okay, um, yeah, let's put uh, this USC Vegas 50 to bed and let's just uh, briefly touch on next week's card. Uh, this coming Saturday, we're uh, back in London, England. First time in three years they've had a card there. Uh, the, the last card that they had in England had uh, Jorge Masvidal against Darren Till three years ago, so it's been a while. Uh, there will be a lot of UK fighters on this card, as well as uh, some of the guys from overseas. Uh, it's an early, early, early start. Uh, we've got uh, 10 a.m. the prelim start and 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we've got the main card, so um, be aware. Early, early, early card for this one. Uh, we've got Alexander Drago Volkov against Tom Aspinall. Um, I'm looking forward to this heavyweight banger. Uh, should be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to this because of just the way that these guys attack. Aspinall's got great movement and fantastic hands. Great boxing skills. Super fast hands. Yeah. And Volkov, Volkov's Volkov. He's got, he's got, I think he'll be the bigger man in there. He's got some tree trunk legs. Yeah. You know, so he, yeah, Aspinall's going to have to look, look out for his kicks. But my goodness, this is going to be one heck of a fight. I'm very much looking forward to this one. Um, me too, big time. It's going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm really happy they put these guys together. I think uh, it'll be uh, fireworks. Um, also, the co-main event uh, should be great. Uh, Dan Hooker's moving down to the 145 featherweight division. Uh, first time in, I think, six years. I think he last fought there in 2016. Uh, he's facing a really tough guy in... Arnold Allen, who I think is on a, like 11 fight win streak. And um, yeah, this, this shapes up to be a great featherweight matchup. Could be a very good matchup. I hope it is. I hope that Dan Hooker hasn't, well, hasn't depleted himself so much that he's taken away something from himself when he gets into that octagon. Because as you said, he hasn't been at that weight division for a very long time. So I hope he hasn't underestimated that uh, weight cut. Um, but as long as he comes in there like strong and fresh, I think this could be a very good fight. Yeah. Uh, Patty Pimblett on the card. Uh, one of these newcomers that uh, got a lot of press and uh, fun, fun guy, got a good personality. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight too as well. Um, I'm hoping to see some improvements in his game because if I remember correctly from his last fight, he had a tendency to have his chin up. So hopefully he keeps that thing tucked in a little bit more for this particular fight. Uh, and uh, I, I see big things for Patty Pim as long as I see some improvement there in the stand-up. And uh, we have a Gunnar Nelson sighting. Uh, seems like forever since I've seen Gunnar Nelson. Uh, yeah, he's he's away from Iceland. He's going to the UK. And uh, he'll be in the Octagon uh, this coming Saturday. I'm excited to see Gunnar. I always love to see the Icelander. Yes. Uh, we have not seen him for quite some time. And so I'm, I'm super happy to finally see him uh, grace the octagon once again. And uh, he's going to be in tough against a very tough opponent in Takashi Sato. And uh, I, 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 I'm hoping to see a couple maybe new wrinkles to Gunner's game. Let's see what he's got because we have not seen him for quite some time. So I'm excited to see the Icelander come back to the wow. octagon. Yeah, it's been uh, September 28th, 2019. Uh, he had a fight, uh, lost a decision to Gilbert Burns. So it has been a while since we've seen Gunner. Uh, turning to the prelims, love Paul Craig. One of my favorite fighters of all time. He's fighting Nikita Krylov. Hell of a battle there. Uh, we see Mr. Finland, Makwan Amir Khani facing Mike Grundy. Uh, we've got uh, more Russian fighters on the card than uh, I want to see, but we've got a bunch. Uh, I love this. I love this Jack Shore guy, uh, undefeated. Uh, he's fighting Timur Valuev. Um, that'll be a, a, another banger at bantamweight. Uh, anything else uh, standing out to you, big time, on this one? No, no, man. Uh, for me, it's definitely the Krylov Craig fight. Like that. That's going to be one heck of a fight because. As far as Krylov should be concerned, don't go to the ground with that guy. Don't do that, or else you're going to get hurt. You might have a limb broken. Like that. That's that's something that that guy terrifies me on the ground. If I'm Krylov, keep it on my feet. If I ever go down, get up off the ground like it's on freaking fire. Get up off that ground, buddy, or else you're going to lose a limb. So, <laughs> Good advice. I don't want to lose a limb. I want to lose a limb. Good advice, Jason. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Paul Craig is scary, scary, scary dude when it comes <laughs> to his grappling and his submission game. Uh, yeah, he might. Uh, we might see him tear off a limb one of these days for sure. Yeah, it's coming. Oh yeah, man. Like, like I remember. I, I remember what he did to Jamal Hill. We no. all remember what he did to Jamal Hill. He turned that thing into, like, it was just... It was like, Flopping like, it was, noodle. <laughs> it was noodle. It was a wet yeah. noodle. Flapping all over the place. Yeah. Ah, yeah, he's terrified. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, that's uh, the UFC for now. Uh, let's turn to the NBA to uh, finish off the podcast. Uh, we've had a, a lot of amazing action in the nba and it's really getting down to the nitty-gritty uh we're only a few weeks away from uh you know seeing it get into the playoffs uh, a lot of a lot of things shaping up as we mentioned uh off the early uh part of this podcast uh we've got 
in the Eastern Conference. Uh, only a three-game difference between second and sixth. Uh, Raptors are uh, sitting in seventh, trying to catch uh, that sixth position. It's halftime right now, and Toronto's up 58-40 on the Lakers. Uh, I just kept looking over, and it was getting just uglier and uglier. It was 19-2, to 21-2, to 24-2. Uh, then the Lakers uh, chipped back, but they're still down by 18 at halftime here. Uh, it be great to see the Raptors get another victory and still be one game behind the Cavs. Cavs got a win tonight, but they're only four and six in their last 10. And the uh, broken finger of Jared Allen has really hurt the Cavaliers. And uh, the Raptors have had some massive wins lately. They they beat Phoenix. They beat Denver. Uh, they're they're playing really great. Uh, they've won three in a row. And, and uh, this Nick Nurse, you know, uh, sort of the way he's manipulating the system with all six, seven to six, nine guys. It's uh, given a lot of teams trouble and uh, they are fun to watch. They're fun to watch as they, you know, Nick nurse is, let's be honest. It's a mad scientist in there. He's just like, I'm just going to put a little bit of this and a dash of that. And let's see what happens. Oh man. It's getting hard for them to deal with that. I like that. So I'm just going to keep tinkering with what I got going on here. I I just love the fact that like he's not afraid to experiment, test, figure out some stuff. And also, too, I love what he's infused into the Raptors organization, which was scrappiness, which is the fact that it's like the never day, never say die attitude. They are in those. they're, They're there to throw down with you and they're not going away anytime soon. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Raptors can do going into the playoffs and for the future, because what the Raptors are doing right now is the complete opposite of what the Lakers are doing, which is like, that, that's just not good. It's not good in Laker town right now. The only thing that's good in Laker town is the fact that LeBron is dropping 50 points every, every now and again to give them hope. Yeah. LeBron uh, had 50 in uh Two out of the last three games uh, a week ago, he put up 56 against the Warriors. Uh, he put up put up 50 last night over the Wizards. And those are the only two games that they've won since the All-Star break. Uh, so, yeah, he scores 50 and uh, they win. If he doesn't, they lose. So, uh, yeah, it's Superman at 37 years old trying to will this team into a, a play-in game. And, uh, yeah, they're losing a game tonight, so not not looking too great. But uh, LeBron became the first player ever to have uh, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists, and over 10,000 points. He's got 35,000 and counting points. Uh, first guy to ever do that. Uh, the only other two guys that have uh, over 10,000 points and 10,000 rebounds uh, – the, the closest guys to uh, the assists, Mark, are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who had 5,660, and Kevin Garnett, 5,445. So LeBron's just setting new standards constantly. Uh, it's just amazing. He's, he's third overall in points, and he will pass Carl Malone this month probably, uh, become second overall. Uh, he's just passing legend after legend after legend. Week after week, uh, at 37, looking as good as ever. Um, he's, uh, I think, did I, did I hear that he's leading the league in 
in scoring right now or second maybe uh just uh yeah just shocking us time and again and uh still looking amazing at 37 years old yes he is uh it's unfortunate for the lakers that he just can't carry the team like he could when in his youth but at the same time you shouldn't expect a 37 year old man to do everything for your team like come on lakers what do you do? Like, yeah. they're just not very. LeBron knows it, and so he, you know what? I think he's at the point now where he's like, ah, I just gotta entertain the fans, gotta give them something to watch. Yeah. Like, exactly for I want to say I think it was for the fifty-six point uh, uh, shootout there that he put up. That he actually, I want to say it was um, uh, the the quarterback for the Rams was in the audience. And he basically looked at him and said, because he was right beside his wife, and he just said, hey, I, I know that you were here, so I had to put on a show for you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, he yeah. was – yeah, he's uh, really yeah, incredible. Just, yeah, bl- mind-blowing the things that he can still do and, and uh, yeah, things that he takes, takes in. And uh, what's going on here? Carl Anthony Towns makes history tonight. Um, we'll have to see what that is. Uh, a huge, huge game. 149-139. T-Wolves over the Spurs. Man, it's incredible some of the scores we're seeing these days. Uh, one of the games I was really looking forward to tonight was the Nuggets and the Sixers. Uh, the two top MVP candidates battling each other under the boards, getting uh, a chance to go head-to-head. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Uh, is this the one that you recorded that you're watching a bit later? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm sorry, listeners, but he can't ruin it for me. I'm going to watch this because I want to see what the two best centers in the league look like going against each other, going head to head. I can't wait to watch this game. Yeah, this is a fun one to watch. Uh, I did see the end, and I, I won't ruin it. Uh, I won't ruin it for uh, our our esteemed guest here because he's he's taped it, he's watching it, and uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, but, yeah, what a battle tonight. Uh, both put up great numbers, and uh, it goes down right to the end, so uh, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good games tonight. Um, good to see the Warriors back up, uh, looking very strong over the Wizards. Got a 17-point lead here. Um, and then what else? Oh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the Raptors and Lakers uh, up 18 at half. Uh, and then the other good game that's on uh, currently, too, is the Bucks and Jazz. And uh, Jazz have a three-point lead with about five minutes left in the third quarter. So that's a game that I plan to get at uh, once we're done here. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about the, the standings. Um, let's talk about, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, there was a big, uh, there was, a, there was some troubles yesterday in Brooklyn. Um, not with Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant. He was able to put up uh, 50, another 50 points, uh, his second with the Nets this season, but, um, Kyrie Irving, uh, came into the arena, uh, to lots of fanfare. Uh, everybody cheered him on and he sat courtside. Uh, but he did a big no-no, and he entered the locker room at halftime, and the Nets today uh, heard they're getting fined $50,000 for uh, 
for that move. Um, the mayor of New York had to fire 1,000 workers for not getting vaccinated in New York in February when they made it a max uh, a vaccine mandate and uh, you, you couldn't be a city worker working at any facilities uh, without being vaccinated. And um, Kyrie expects him to uh, change the rule. Kevin Durant uh, took to the podium and said he wants them to change the rule. But a thousand workers uh, were so strong in their belief system that they were willing to lose their jobs over this. And Kyrie Irving continues to not be able to play home games. Uh, but he tried to make a big statement by being there and entering the locker room and hanging around. But they said, no, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, $50,000. Uh, fine to the Nets, and uh, yeah, this became a big story over the weekend. It did, and I I, I do remember what uh, some of the analysts were talking about because then Katie is trying to take up for his friend, saying like, you know, it seems like it's a vendetta, like he's got something against Kyrie. Yeah, I'm going to take the same stance as the analysts, which is I don't think he cares about Kyrie. I think what he does care about is about the New York people at large i don't think he's looking at one person and saying well i'm gonna have to put him in this but no nah, man he doesn't care we're dealing up with a pandemic and what that means is that he has to actually care about every new yorker in this in the city in the state like, you know like everybody yeah. so he cares about everybody he does not care about one lone basketball player that does not want to get vaccinated if you don't want to get on board, that's great. That's your right. That's your choice. But here's the result of you not getting on board. You can't play here. That's it. That's it. And if you're willing to do all that, cool. Awesome. I have no idea when you will be able to pay back here. But for now, you cannot. And for all those workers that stuck to their guns, I'm sure they have their, their, their reasons of why they want to do that. Hey, everybody has their choice that they get to make when it comes to pandemic. Whatever that choice is, that's the choice you live with. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, that's the that's yeah, yeah. Good, good statement. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh let's turn to the West. Uh big story came out of the weekend. Uh finally, the splash brother Clay Thompson had a breakout game. Uh, 38 points in a win over the Bucks. I uh, looked phenomenal doing so. A uh, lot of fun to um, to watch when Clay's on. Uh, Steph took a back seat and only scored eight, uh, but Clay was uh, on fire with 38 points in the and a big win over Milwaukee. That's great to see. It's great to see that the man is coming back. That he's. Uh, I, you know what. Even with the fact that, yeah, he scored his 38 points, it's just great to see him back on the court being able to play the game that he loves. And that's what's the most important thing. And I hope that, you know, like he continues to improve. He continues to get back his uh, Hall of Fame form, so to speak, yeah. because they're going to need it, especially when Draymond comes back. Because if there's one thing that's been abundantly clear, they miss Draymond Green. Oh, they right. miss their quarterback for the defensive side of the court. So once that guy comes back, once the three of them reunite and activate their powers together, 
Oh, it's going to be something great to see. But again, awesome. I love the fact that Clay's back on target and he's hopefully has a lot more games ahead, just like that one. I've got good news. Draymond is playing tonight. First game back. Uh, he's played uh, 16 minutes so far. Uh, six points, six rebounds, five assists, uh, limited minutes. But uh, Draymond is back working himself into shape. Uh, he was targeting tonight's game as his comeback game, and uh, he's doing well. Uh, they're up by 27, and uh, yeah, great to see Draymond is back. He is back. Can you? Did you hear me? Draymond is back. Ah, okay, all right, I heard that part. So, yes, Draymond is back, and that's awesome to see. It's something that all the Warriors fans have been waiting for forever for him to come back. And so that is fantastic news. That is great news. It's great news for the Warriors fans, great news for the organization, and it's horrendous news for the rest of the NBA. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Steph Curry's birthday today turns 34. Guess how many points he has after three. Oh, see there. Can you hear me? Steph Curry has currently sits with 34 points at on his 34th birthday. Might just uh leave it there and not even play the, the fourth quarter. 34 points on his 34th birthday. Oh, man, we're starting to really lose it now, aren't we? Uh, we're glitching out all the time now. Damn. I was hoping we'd finish strong. <laughs> oh, man, we were really close, really close. Yeah. So I heard that it's Steph's birthday. That's awesome because you know what that means? He shares the same month of birthday as me. Nice. So that's, that's, why he's, that's why he's such a good person. That's why he's <laughs> such a good guy. I know that. Now you know that. Okay. And also, too, yeah, hopefully he can match his uh, – you said he's started 34, so hopefully he can score 34 points. He's got 34, right? Stop. Currently bang yeah. on right now. So, yeah, might as well just sit him down, Steve Kerr, leave it at that. Pro perfect symmetry, 34 points on his 34th birthday. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Unless unless Steve wants to keep him in and then Steph detonates for another 20. I don't know. It's, I guess it's either or, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did want to mention uh, yeah. Kevin Garnett's retirement jersey ceremony. Uh, he becomes the 24th player to have his jersey retired by the Celtics organization. Uh, the great thing about this was the uh, reunite, reunited of the team, and Ray Allen was forgiven for his horrific move of wanting to go somewhere else, and uh, Kevin Garnett is finally changed his tune and welcome Ray back in the family and they mended some fences and uh, great to see uh, the celebration for Kevin Garnett, one of the greatest of all time. And uh, good to see these guys finally, uh, you know, putting the past in the past. So guess what, Darren, this is what I'll say to that. Anything is possible. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you think it's possible, man. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen, but I'm super glad to hear that he was able to bury the hatchet and they're able to move on with their friendship because it is a friendship. It's a hard thing to win a, a championship. And those three did it together in Boston. That's something that's indelible. You can't change that. And that's something that, you know what, they can always rally around because they were great teammates and they're great human beings. And I'm glad that Garnett was able to put the past in the past and move on with his future. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to see uh, at the all-star game festivities, they, they brought in the top 75 players and, and uh, Garnett was just not having any of Ray Allen's appearance. And uh, it was like, Oh man, they're still having this so many years later, but uh only if uh, another month later, uh, he finally decides to bury the hatchet and uh, move on. And uh, really good to see because that was a phenomenal team, uh, a great coming together. That was one of the first sort of super teams where three guys came from afar and all joined together and won a title. It uh, set up a lot of the things that we've seen previous. We've seen yeah, that, man. You know? Yeah, it was it was great. Like they had a great run. And, you know, when they, they put that team together, when they constructed it, it's one of the first times, well, it wasn't one of the first times, but one of the more recent times where they put together a big three. And a big three that worked. Yeah. And it worked very, very, very well. So um, I applaud Garnett for putting the past in the past and reuniting with his uh, friend Ray Allen and uh, burying the hatchet. Yeah. And uh, Greg Popovich came the all-time winningest coach in the regular season uh, this past weekend. And um, six out of the top seven teams currently in the NBA with the record, six out of the top seven have guys that, were, that have ties to the Spurs organization. Uh, so his legacy will remain on and on and on. There is talk that this might be his last year. He might hang it up now that he is the all-time winningest coach and they're in a rebuilding phase now in San Antonio. And uh, the front runner to replace him is Quinn Snyder, who coaches the Utah Jazz currently, uh, but longtime uh, friend of Pop and uh, part of the Spurs organization. But yeah, I was uh, kind of surprised a little bit to hear that uh, this might be it for him. Well, you know what, Pop, Popovich has been a coach for a long time, and uh, it's, it's, let's be honest here, he's not literally getting any younger. That's yeah. a lot of white hair on that man's head. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, um, I, 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 you got to give it to him. He's been one of the best coaches for such a long time, and he's super deserving of being the winningest coach ever in NBA history. Um, so, if it is his last uh, hurrah, happy trails to Greg Popovich. He's earned it. Yep. Yep. He's uh, he has. Um, I mentioned the Lakers a couple times tonight. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, there's an amazing uh, documentary type show right now called winning time. It's on crave. You can probably find it on many streaming platforms. It's uh, following the Lakers showtime and putting together uh, the, the this dynasty that they had and really elevating them to be one of the elite franchises. Um, 
a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I recommend it to everybody. Uh, yeah, take a look at it. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal performances. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, that sounds like fantastic viewing. I'm definitely going to uh, give it a gander at some yeah. point in time here. Yeah, check it out. Um, uh, we started off the show talking about Tom Brady returning. Uh, I want to finish it off talking about him returning as well. Uh, do you know that there are six quarterbacks currently active in the NFL that have won Super Bowl titles, and Tom Brady has won more than all of them combined? Uh, <laughs> he is going for number eight. Uh, there are six quarterbacks that have only won one each. And Tom Brady's won more than all of them. So, uh, yeah, he's coming back. Uh, I, 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 I feel for you, but uh, I, it makes me laugh. I can't believe that he's decided to just come back and throw the dagger into more hearts of guys that he's been able to – and franchises that he's been able to give heartbreak to so much over the years. <sighs> So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up again. That's awesome. Thanks for allowing me to now think about that before I go to bed. And so now this is what you've done to me. This is actually what's going to happen. I'm going to go to sleep, and then I'm going to have a nightmare. Brady. No, Brady. Ah! And then I'll be waking up screaming. I'll be, ah! I'll be in a cold sweat. I'm like, my yeah. falcons. They lost again. <laughs> they were up by 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you've done. So thank, Pro you. thank you. Providing nightmares for football fans all across the world. Yeah, way to go, Tom. Way to go. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's the man. He's, he's so cool. Such a great, <laughs> great human being. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, sorry for giving you nightmares, uh, but uh, I hope you have a, uh, a bit of a restful sleep. And uh, yeah, we will we will see you sometime tomorrow morning. I'm sure. <laughs> see you tomorrow morning, buddy. Thanks for this. It was fun as always. I hope sure hope we can stop these technical glitches one of these days soon. Yes, hopefully that 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 will happen. Yeah, that will happen. We will. Uh, we are going to figure that out. You're definitely going to figure that out. And uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time. So patience, patience is key. Patience. <laughs> Have a great week ahead. It's birthday week. Uh, yeah, it's a short week for you. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward to the weekend. I uh, hope it flies by. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Always appreciate this. It's a lot of fun. Cheers, man. Good night. Have a great one. Enjoy the basketball game. Oh, thank you very much. I'm Have definitely going to enjoy Denver short week. Game. Have fun oh, watching that Denver Philly much. game. Cheers. Enjoy your evening as well. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you too, man. Okay. All right. Thanks. Cheers for now. Cheers. Bye. Good night. Hold on. Oh, man. Jeez, technical difficulties again. Like, uh, got to figure this out. I think maybe this would this might be one of the last uh, podcasts we do separate. We might just have to do it together. Or, um, yeah, get a, a better feed somehow. Uh, man, yeah, I'm sorry about that, people. Out of our control. Uh, frustration for him and I. And, uh, yeah, really, really challenging and difficult. Uh, I really wish uh, we didn't have these because uh, it's it's 
yeah, we have so much more fun when we can just talk to each other and play off each other. But yeah, uh, so often I'm asking him a question and he's not even catching it all. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for sticking in. If you're still around, I appreciate your support as always. And speaking of support, uh, I want to thank our partners and sponsors. Uh, I want to show them real quick. We've got uh, you know phenomenal, phenomenal uh, people that support our podcast. And I, <laughs> I don't see it there. Another technical difficulty. Uh, Anchor FM, easiest place to make a podcast. Go there if you want to do what Jason and I did without technical problems. Uh, I want to thank uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance and value. V350 stick is a must have for any hockey player in your friends and family. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, they design West Coast curated pretty things that you can spruce up your home with uh just check them out on our website or their um, social media and of course forever living the aloe vera company for health and beauty products and you can find products on our website at discounted rates as always as i said thanks a lot uh, appreciate your support as always uh thanks for listening in and watching and uh, we'll see you again soon uh check out our website please do completemedianetwork.com completesportsmedia.com love you bye for now